The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Clemens Hoffman. Each week we will discuss tools, tips, and ways to radiate your best life ever, interviewing practitioners, authors, and luminaries to help you on your path. Wellness, joy, peace, abundance. What do you want to radiate? Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Radiate Wellness Podcast, as we radiate hope and healing with my new dear friend, (laughs) Nikki (laughs) Allen, who has written this book, M.E., Myself and I, The Diary of a Psychic, I believe is the subtitle, isn't it? Hello, Nikki. Welcome so much to to the show. It's so nice to be with you. Oh my, it's an absolute pleasure, my darling. I'm so excited to be here. Look at your beautiful face with two exciting girls across the pond. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness, you're just such a breath of fresh air. So um, this book is uh, M.E., Myself and I. Um, It's basically the story of your life and your recent, uh, well, not even that recent, but your chapter with loss, with illness, with losing your career and everything, but then turning to the spirit realm because you are a world-class, world-known psychic medium. I I was before the accident. (laughs) I was. I, I, I basically had everything I could possibly dream for before the accident. I was just about to tour Australia and was th- was thinking about sorting out a route for America. I'd been approached by um, a channel on Sky to travel around the world and do a program. I had my first book coming out then. I was writing in many mainstream uh, magazines, and I don't know if you know the late Colin Fry. I was touring with him, who did The Sixth Sense. And I just couldn't imagine it getting any better. I was on an absolute roller coaster of complete success and abundance. And when you actually read the book, you'll see that that kind of is, it was like a false prophet, really, because inside I wasn't doing too well. Um, And then the accident took the lot. I ended up homeless. I had no home. My um, partner at the time stole £65,000, which would be about $80,000 from me because he didn't want to be with me in the state I was. 
obviously, um, without having my career, I lost lots of people I thought were my friends. Um, and I went into a complete dark abyss of depression. Um, and what I'd like to make clear, and I understand over in the States, ME is CFS, which is chronic fatigue syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like I thought the title went really well, like me, myself and I, because I actually was on my own for five years. Um, so I can't change it. CFS, myself and I, doesn't make really good sense, does it? It doesn't make sense, does it? <laughs> So CFS, full disclosure, um, full disclosure, I, well, and also you've got fibromyalgia. Yes, I have both spectrums. So fibromyalgia is more, to be quite honest, they're one of the same thing. A lot of the symptoms interlock and there's over 200 symptoms with each condition. Um, But primarily, primarily, try and get that out, primarily, CFS is more chronic fatigue, so you are tired all the time, and I am. And, um, you know, I've just spent the whole day in bed just so that I can do this for you today. You wouldn't think it, would you, darling? Don't I look all bright and fluffy? God bless makeup, I say. (laughs) And and obviously the other side of it, which is the... um, fibromyalgia that's more pain related and when I talk about pain um, unless you have this you have no idea what the pain is like because it's muscular it's nerve it's joints any single part even hair follicles any single part of your body inside and out is open to pain because of the problems we have with our neurosystem and our receptors Um, And so to get both, to get diagnosed with both, so I battle pain and fatigue 24-7 every single day. Um, And I don't want to give too many spoilers in the book, but my nan from the spirit world did come to me and tell me to get this certain medicine that I'd never heard of. And that was the medicine that actually got me out of bed that can allow me to communicate with you now. And it was just literally from my nan that told me to get it, my grandma. And um, that's allowed me to get up and function most probably about 40, 50% more. However, what people don't see in the background is, is that, as I said to you earlier, my darling, I'll now not do anything for the rest of the day because this will be my allotted um, activity time. And then tomorrow, I don't know if I'll wake up and I'll feel okay. If not, again, it will be another day in bed. Right. So you've got to have a good bed and a nice bedroom. Oh. <laughs> and it's a great excuse to buy loads of wonderful pyjamas. I've got hundreds of pairs, all very nice, because you're in them a lot. <laughs> the whole world oh, got yes, the whole, the whole world is um, moving somewhat in that direction with quarantine and having to stay inside and just... Um, right, so we realize that it is, oh, it is not the best Christy, way to live, but you can exactly welcome to our world. This is our world 24 7. So, when people have said to me, How does lockdown affect you? it's no different. And you'll find, you know, when I was when I was horrific, when I couldn't even lift my head off the pillow, mm-hmm. and I was laying month after month, year after year, in the most agonizing pain, pumping myself with morphine, God knows what painkiller. Um, and you don't have the ability to speak or understand conversations, you just isolate and it is like a living death. And so one of the main reasons that I believe the angel realms pushed me to do this book 
is to try and highlight our plight. You know, you have people like Lady Gaga that suffers with it, but I really would have hoped she would have like kind of detailed it more and brought more awareness about it because at the end of the day, you have millions of sufferers in the States and I believe even more millions undiagnosed that just think they're just generally tired or, you know, they're getting a bit older and, they, you know, they're getting aches and pains. But this is kind of like a pandemic and the problem is because we don't fit into any you know, particular box for disability or illness, you know, it's not as well known as cancer and MS. And it's not that, you know, you're in a wheelchair permanently because you can walk one day and then perhaps another day you can't. We're kind of left in, you know, the the, the spaces between how society can help us. Right. Um, and I was basically given a diagnosis after a year of tests and then just told to go home. So I had nothing. And do you know, one of the biggest things, and again, girls from the US, go US, is I found a forum. And mainly they're girls from the US. It's a couple from Britain. And they were my lifeline. When I was in bed, at least I could read their comments. And I found a forum um, where people had similar condition to me or another chronic illness such as lupus. And rather than sit and moan about it, sometimes we did. Sometimes we said, isn't it rubbish? And everybody went, yeah, it's very rubbish. But most of the time we kept each other going and made each other laugh because we understood each other. You know, the biggest thing I'd say to people watching this, if you know someone with this condition, learn about it, understand it, and know how to treat it. Because it took me years to try and explain to my friends and my family that this has no relevance, no logic. It literally just spurts out on speed dial as one symptom after the other. So my mum would say, for instance, oh, you know, you've slept for 12 hours. You should be fine now. No, I'm not. And if you force yourself awake, you'll sleep all night. No, you don't. It's insomnia, sleep disturbance are all part of the neuro problems that are incorporated into this condition. And so please learn about it. And I do stress that in the book, to be honest with you. Learn about it and don't judge us. Right. <laughs> it just keeps on giving. And full disclosure that I deal with it too. Oh, really? Yes. I do not have it to the extreme that you do and many others do, um, but it is unpredictable. And yes. one day you're, you're well and another day that you are in pain. Um, my, yes. my pain is not as severe and it is completely random. One time it'll be one part and another time it'll be another part. So Yeah, that's weird, isn't it? Yeah. It's weird how it affects different parts. It's like today at the moment, part of my head here feels like someone's drilling through it. If you touch it, it feels bruised. Oh, my darling, I had no idea. Go, brave. It's fibromyalgia you have. Mm-hmm. Go, brave yeah. warrior. Fibro warrior. <laughs> have you found that, though, that you haven't really got a lot of assistance? You're just given loads of painkillers and told to get on with it. Well, and not even that, it's just because mine is not as severe as yours. It okay, yeah. So, but there, there's just the lack of understanding. It's like, you must have just yes. trained yourself. You yes. must have done too much. And yes, absolutely right. Too much on the go. And then there are days that I can barely drag myself out of bed, but I do, again, because it's not as severe as many others. Yeah, there is definitely many layers. You know, there's young girls that I spoke to online um, during my time when I was bed bound for those five years. 
And there were ladies, like girls of 18 years old that had been permanently in their beds from like 12 years old and were on oxygen because their body was too exhausted to even breathe for them. And they've spent their whole life in bed with sunglasses on, completely alienated and isolated from the world. And my heart goes out to the people that have got it that severely. I was pretty much there in that, uh, during that time. I could just about breathe. As long as I didn't do anything, then my body kept itself alive. But if I tried to do anything, I'd collapse and I would be completely immobile. But it's amazing, you know, because even though people who may watch this will think, wow, that's awful, it was the biggest blessing of my life. Yes, I blessing of my life. that because you get you got so much spiritual understanding from it, and you had your nan come through for you and gave you the name of this wonderful uh, remedy. It didn't didn't heal everything by any means, but certainly helped. So yes, um, how how did your spirit connection, your your ability to reach into the other side, how did that help you? Well, the thing is, is that obviously I'm a born psychic medium anyway. So I come from many generations of psychics, mediums and healers before me. You know, my brother is a full time working medium. My sister's a healer. All of my aunties and uncles have got some form of divination going on in the evenings, whether it's tarot cards or crystal balls. So I've obviously, um, you know, been aware of it. I was a police detective. um, Yes. yeah, so I, I de- and I dealt with murder victim families as a detective. I was very much looking after people that were in trauma. So I've always been someone that's helped people with trauma. So I had a big understanding of my grieving process. Um, when the accident happened, I was so angry as everything just went. And as you read the book, it's like, how could this happen? It's like, no, seriously, it can't get any worse. And it does. And I remember hating all of these people, the spirit world, the angel realms, all of them. I convinced myself that I'd made it all up. It was a load of rubbish. Because how could someone like me, who's worked my hardest to be a spiritual ambassador, suddenly have this thrown at me? And I was, the, and you know, most people, I have had comments before. People say, oh, well, you already believed in it. Oh, my goodness. No, I didn't. By the time I would, most for year one, um, of having a whole year in bed, I hated them. I thought they'd forsaken me. I had no faith whatsoever. I completely closed my energy down. And the work, well, I have to say, the air was blue in my bedroom because I just shouted and screamed and cried and swore at them. And I couldn't believe they'd left me in this place. And um, my dad came to visit me. My dad from the spirit world came to visit me um, in 2013 and said to me, you're going to go through the worst time of your life. I'm thinking, that sounds cool. Not. I said, no, whatever. And he said, but you will come out of this. You'll live by the sea. You'll have a beautiful home. And you will work completely different than you could possibly have imagined. And I was like, right, okay. And he said, but it won't start happening until 2016. So I've got another three years. And he goes, but then you really will get sorted in 2018. And I'm like, oh, my God, I've got another five years of this. And so I'm like, right, okay. Um, and then the biggest word on top of, you know, radiating hope and healing is surrender. Because all I did was mourn who I used to be. I used to mourn my old life. I used to mourn my success, having a home. You know, I was sofa hopping for eight months on friends' place, you know, on their sofas because I had nowhere to live. And eventually I, I managed to get a property rented again through the love of a friend. 
And I eventually thought, right, I'm either going to kill myself. And I honestly was. So every day I fantasised about committing suicide to escape it all because I just felt there was no escape. And the only thing that kept me going were my two little rescue dogs that used to sit on my chest and look at me. And I thought, how could I possibly do this and leave them there with my dead body? And that's, uh, but the fantasy was, oh, just to end this, it was sublime. The deliciousness of thinking I could escape through death. That was the only thing that kept me mentally, I can get through today because tomorrow I'll kill myself. And I kept planning it and planning it and obviously never did it. Um, and then I decided I can either, I'm not going to kill myself, so I need to surrender and find out if there is anything up there. Right. And if there isn't, I don't know what I'm going to do. And so it's going to sound really weird, but the first house I managed to rent was in a cemetery. <laughs> I love that. You're living with the dead. Yeah, one of the most peaceful places ever. Do you know, it had a beautiful babbling brook that went down to the estuary and the sea. It was, I had no neighbours. It was in forest land. It was absolutely what I needed as a sanctuary to keep away from the world. It wasn't haunted. Can you believe that? It wasn't haunted. I'm not going to lie. The first few nights, I did have the lamp on. I'm going to say that. No spirit people at all. And so I remember... Um, my house darkening and the dogs were barking and I knew I wasn't hallucinating it wasn't medication and my guy walked in and said the seraphim are now protecting you and then the old disorder of the angel realms the seraphim you most probably know darling so I've been watching your your angel stuff as well and I thought wow and then I saw these dark cloaked females coming in and surrounding the house and then I, I fell to sleep so anyway, I thought, right, well, if the seraphim are here, then they can, you know, do some more work for me here. So I literally, it was a full moon one night, and I walked out into the middle of the cemetery, and I was naked under my robe, and I took it off just as I would be as vulnerable, asking for help as if I'd just been born. And I said to them, I surrender. I please need your help. I can't do this anymore. I welcome you. Please come back in and help me. And the following morning, I had a food hamper. It's making me go goosey. I just, it's like I'm telling a fictional story because I can't believe the miracles that took place. But I literally had a food hamper with toiletries and all things um, that would keep me going for the week. I had no idea who'd put it on the doorstep, no idea at all. And it was then that the miracles started happening. And I mean, miracles where angels would visit, introduce themselves, never heard of them before. You know, Raguel came in and said, we're going to now clear your debt. My, my, my debt cleared within a couple of days, you know, £65,000. Mm. So he came in and sorted that out. He came in and sorted out the problems with my, the legal system because the solicitors weren't, didn't deal with my road accident properly. And all these angels and my guide was coming in and I had my spirit nan come in. She got me somewhere to live. Then Archangel Michael came in in a big way when I was at Glastonbury. And, and basically said to me, I'm here now, I'm going to show you where you live. And I ended up in a cottage. I've given so many spoilers away. But I ended up in a cottage on the Archangel Michael ley line that led to Glastonbury Tour. Of course did. Exactly. The right. district was Archangel Michael's All Saints Church. And I was in St. Michael's District. And even now, where I live now, I didn't even realise where I live now, which is by the sea, beaches just across the road. 
and it's in the St. Michael's district. So Michael has been a massive influence in my life, more than I could possibly imagine. Because the thing is, Christy, I think that when I was so busy before doing theatre tours and television programmes and running from here to there, I wasn't absorbing what I was actually sharing out to people. I was a very damaged girl from trauma from my past. And so I was kind of behind this armour of Nikki Allen, just as I was when I was a detective, but inside was very, very broken, very broken. And so during that five-year time, they broke down all of my shadow self. Mm. They bought me that hope. They healed me completely from inside, inside out. So I have no shadows. Obviously, we gain some as we go along our life path. Mm -hmm. However, the things that I held from my childhood, my dad dying and my abuse during my teenage years, and it was just taken. And it was very painful at the time because I wondered why they were taking me through these nightmares. But I realised it was to let it go and take it back out to the ether where it didn't need to be. And now I remember having a reading with someone who said to me, you're going to be a pioneer. Your first books, I've written many books, um, and I haven't, I've been too, um, I haven't had the confidence to jump into the author role. And so they all sat there on my computer. But um, I got a reading from someone who said, you're going to be a pioneer. You're going to be a pioneer. You're not only going to show that, that we're not alone on the planet and that there is hope and there is faith and it does work. But you're also going to highlight something um, that most people don't know about. One, obviously, the CFS and the fibromyalgia, but also the fact that no matter your belief system, your creed, your colour, whatever, we are still looked after. It's just up to you to be aware of it and reach out those hands because they're there. Because I was kicked. I was kicking, dragging and screaming my way through it all. But they carried on bringing the synchronicity, the signs, the miracles, opportunities, there's absolutely no way. How could I, see, one of the things is, is that I remember when they kept telling me, you must write your journey. I'm like, I don't think so. I was so rude to them. I was so rude to them. And they're saying, you have to write your journey. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I can't even got a column anymore because obviously everything dried up. I've been out of the loop. I've been out of the loop for years from who I was. Right, and um the following day, I got an email from an editor at a magazine saying, would you like to do a column? How do you have to work really hard to get a column in a magazine? And it was from nowhere. And then a couple of months later, I got a second column. And I went, right, okay, I've got a column. You want me to write this book and like write it. And so I had no choice in the matter. And I honestly, and, and even though they taught me cosmic ordering, how to, you know, um, receive and attract abundance in everything, relationships, material stuff, life, friends, everything. You know, I sent out the book to, to publishers going, it's not going to go anywhere. And I used to say to the angel realms, it's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere, so I don't even know why you made me do it. And then, begrudgingly, it was only about a week later, someone said, yeah, we really want to read your, the whole manuscript. And I'm like, goodness, the angels are right again. <laughs> Did you know that Radiate Wellness has a subscription-based premium content Facebook group? Think of it like the premium version of this free podcast. In this premium Facebook group, you can find great content like replays of online classes, meditations on angels, chakras, mindfulness, and more, guest speakers, mini classes, polls, plus you'll be the first to know of guests that we have scheduled for the podcast 
and can submit questions for them. You get all of this great content for one low monthly price and the first month is half off. You can subscribe by going to radiatewellnesscommunity.com slash shop. Click the subscriptions button and you're in. Also, while I have your attention, wherever you're listening to this free podcast, if you could just do us a couple of favors, please. One is go to hit the subscribe or follow button. Then you'll be notified of all of the episodes we have coming out each week. Also, please rate and review. It sounds really simple, but it helps us to grow our audience when people are looking for great podcasts. And when we grow our audience, we can do bigger and better things and bring you even more great guests. So please do those couple of things, and that will help us grow this audience and this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. There he is. Wonderful. That is wonderful, Nikki. What an amazing story, you know, and you could, you were like at this, I just see you at this crossroads. You could have taken this diagnosis, this thing that was happening to you, this series of, of unfortunate events, as the book says, and went down that path of woe is me, my life sucks, this is terrible, I'm going to jump off a bridge. Or you yeah. listen to your angels and just say, okay. I, I'm turning this over to you. And that's, that is absolutely right. And this is what I see when I look on forums now and people write emails to me and write to me. They say, oh, you don't, you know, I'm, I've had enough. I don't, and I say, I totally get it. Please listen to me. I totally get it. And so I try and give them as much as I can. But now I can say, here's the book. Just humor me and read it. Because it's about letting go and surrendering and accepting your new life. That's what most people can't do. They stay grieving the first stages, denial, anger. You know, they stay in the first stages of bereavement for their old life. And they've got to cut it away. They've got to get rid of it. This is why I do guided meditations on my YouTube channel, Cutting Calls with Archangel Michael. I do it all the time. So now automatically sometimes don't get me wrong darling I wake up and go for goodness sake I really wanted to go and walk on the beach with my friend today um you know because obviously support bubbles and things and I thought I really and then my body's saying no and so I go oh well then what should I do instead I'm grateful for three things and I do that so I get my energy up and then I say what should I do today then oh fabulous why don't I just have a box set binge Rather than allowing a thought to turn into emotion to then turn into a behavior. So the emotion, or sorry, the thought, once it's there, you need to cut it and change it to reading, reading something, putting on your favorite music, putting on your favorite TV, having a nice bath, eating chocolate, whatever floats your boat. So you can stop it going into an emotion where you're then... And then the behaviours then start, the self-destructive behaviour of what then leads from that original thought. And so that's what they taught me as well, is just, just stop it. Where does it get you thinking negatively? Absolutely nowhere. It's all here. Your mind is the seed of every part of your growth. And so if you allow that seed to grow in the dark, dank, misery, dark forest, that's where you're going to stay. And that's what they've taught me. That's what they've taught me. It makes me think of the movie Heal. It's a documentary and it's a wonderful film. I don't know if you've seen it, but it follows people on these high stakes, mysterious healing journeys and all of the various 
alternative things that they try. And it's a wonderful film, wonderful documentary. But part of it talks about the book Radical Remission of these people who've had miraculous healings and chronicles all of the things that they had done to achieve these healings. There were so many hundreds of things that they all did, but there were like 75 that they mostly did, but nine they all did. Only two of them were physical. Everything else that resulted in healing was all mental, spiritual, emotional. Oh, wow, I have to see that because that's exactly what I'm about now. And this is obviously what, you know, the universe and the higher powers are trying to bring to us, especially in the climate we're in at the moment where people are being even more isolated and not used to this. And it's going to break people. And you're absolutely right. What, what I can't wait to watch that because it is, it's all about your soul. It's mind, body, soul. And then the body bit is kind of shoved away because if you choose to be in that darkness, your body will react to that. Absolutely. If you choose, you know, it's like this morning, I've got a tiny little demon that said, oh, you've got to sit up and you've got to be all smiling. You've got to do this interview. And I went, shut up, I'm going to have sleep, I'm going to feel amazing, I'm going to really enjoy it, thank you very much. And that's what I did, and it was done. <laughs> I talked to mine too, those, those negative thoughts pop in, and I go, what the hell? What are you doing here? <laughs> go away, you're annoying. Exactly, exactly. That's why I ended up just sharing a video about heaven. That cheered me up. That that was my distraction. So I thought, oh my God, am I going to be okay later to speak with Christine? What am I going to do? I thought, I'm going to talk about my visits to heaven when I go up and see my nan and my dad and my mum and all my family. All of them are over there apart from a brother and sister, an auntie and an uncle. They're all up there. They didn't want to stay here very long this time round. They'd had enough. Blame them. <laughs> you do these wonderful videos on YouTube. That's got to be, well, very therapeutic. But then also, just what a wonderful thing to do for the world. And that's your offering now. Absolutely. As well as the writing, again, again, is in the book how the bedroom guru and me doing YouTube began. I was in the bedroom. And I think it was my dad's passing anniversary, this huge sparrow hawk had come into the bedroom. And then I heard teach. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. And I always know the difference between guide energy, spirit world energy, and angel energy. Angel energy is like, boom, as you most probably know. It's like there's no mucking around or grey areas with the angel realms. They're like literally to teach. And I was like, again, like the right thing. I was like, Really? Oh, that's really good. How am I going to teach laying in bed? I don't think so. Teach. And I'm like, no, 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 no. And I said, how am I going to teach? And then my phone turned itself on and started playing a YouTube video of something I hadn't even ever looked at, wasn't even subscribed to. And I went, oh, my goodness, you are kidding me, right? You want me to go on YouTube looking like this? And do you know what? I think doing that, A lot of the time I do it when I'm in bed, obviously. I have no makeup on. I haven't brushed my hair. There's no facade. And it's just me. And I think people relate to the transparency of that. And I get so many emails daily for people saying, look, keep doing what you're doing because you're you're saving my life. I listen to you and I think, what would Nikki do? And I'm like, oh, my goodness. And I'm so humbled by it because... 
we go by these awful figures, don't we? How many followers we've got and how many subscribe and all this kind of stuff. And you see all these people with millions of followers that just talk about, I don't know, giant elephants on ladders or something. And you're thinking, God, you know, I sometimes in the earlier days thought, why are you making me do this? This is embarrassing. Nobody wants to hear my stuff. But I'm reaching the people that do need to hear it. And as I say, most of the time in the morning, I have a cup of tea, I do my three things that I'm grateful for, have my herbal tea, turn on my essential oils that I feel that I need for the day. Um, and then I put, um, at the moment, I put music on that I love, you know, whether it's angel music or healing music, have that on. And then I sit there and think, right, what am I going to be inspired to do? And then I don't have much inspiration then. So I think I'll look at my emails. And my goodness, some of the emails that people send me on, you know, things that I've dealt with um, on YouTube. And say, how did you know I needed to hear that today? And so I then say, right, okay, inspire me. And then bang. And then I'll do something obviously inspired from up there and then yet again I'll get emails from people saying I can't believe you did that today I needed to hear that I've even had people that are um dying I've had lots of people with terminal illness um because they've seen some of the ones about the soul journey you know and the spiritual journey and I've basically been by their side virtually as they're about to pass and because obviously I've always dealt with that when I was a police detective as well, always dealt with death and traumatic death and things like that. So I find strength in that environment. I find strength in that environment. I can deal with the rawness of grief. Um, and that was beyond the most humbling thing I've ever done. It had the honour um, to for the family to allow me to be there and talk them through where their soul would go what would happen next and what was going to happen after they finally passed. And to me, there's no other accolade than the fact that people have entrusted their last few days of their life with me. That was incredible. And then I end up crying because I'm so humble and fun and happy. <laughs> then you waste your time you spent putting makeup on. <laughs> I know, exactly. Honestly, if you ever, I don't know if you've ever looked, but seriously, I look at myself sometimes and think, Nikki, what were you thinking? You didn't even brush your hair. You haven't even cleaned your teeth. <laughs> I've put out videos like that too. And you just go, all right, this is me warts and all. It's authentic. And you're right. I think people do identify with that authenticity. Absolutely right. I, as soon as I saw you, I warmed to you straight away because, you know, there's some people that have all the convoluted back. Is that your mum behind you? That's Dolores Cannon. Where is she? There she is, Dolores Cannon. Do you know who that is? No. She is a metaphysician. Well, she was a metaphysician, passed in 2014. And she oh, yes. Yes, I do. I do. Oh, my work. goodness. I was going to say, oh, do you know what? It's because I saw she looked familiar. And I thought, I don't know if she I recognize because she's <laughs> I know. Even with that photograph. I know people ask if it's my grandma. Oh. It's not, but yeah. No, no. But um, you know, it's, you're at home and it's the same as me. And these people, all these back greens and smoke and flashy things. I'm like, oh goodness me, no. Just 
the thing is we need to keep it real you know we get bad enough hit as it is anything to do with the paranormal spirituality yes. heaven angels or anything like straight away people think you're a kook and they're like oh god is one of those you know i was a detective for goodness sake do you know what i mean i i am the most open-minded skeptic going and the only uh, the only things i share with the public are things that I know 100% are right because I've experienced them and they've been backed up. Absolutely. You know, it's like previous lives. I remember, my poor guy, I say to so many people, they must have Valium up there to deal with me. I'm telling you. <laughs> you made them work overtime. Huh? You're making them work overtime. <laughs> I do. Juliana said to me back in 2003, just after I got retired from the police service, um, and he said to me, um, I'm going to give you this meditation and I'm going to introduce you to me, blah, 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 because you're going to work full time for the spirit world. I thought, I don't think so. Hey, mum. How they laughed. <laughs> and uh, he, he, he had me in this cave. I was in this cave, which was really weird. I could hear and smell like the sulfur and hear the water. It was incredible, freezing cold. And it opened up and there was these cypress trees. And I walked out and he grabbed my hand and he kissed my hands because I'm so glad you're here. And I said, where am I? And he said, trust, trust the very Rome, 1452. And um, I could see my silhouette. And I knew that I was a nun and he called me Mary. And he said, in this year, you were welcomed in the house of Mary Magdalena. We then flashed over to this beautiful courtyard with these big columns and this church was called St. Cecilia's. And he said, you were welcomed here during that time. Um, and he said, and this is where you resided with me. This is how I know you. And then this gentleman came in and he said, I'm, I'm Pope Nicholas. And he said, I presided over your diocese during that time. Okay, so I'm loving all this. So I come out of the meditation, try and Google it, and I think, no, do you know what? I bought tickets to Rome. <laughs> I did. I flew out to Rome because I thought, I'm not having it. I'm not going to sit here saying, oh, my guy told me I'm from 1452, trust Rome. I got into a cab and I said, take me to St. Cecilia's Church in Trastevere. And he went, see, and I thought, oh, blimey. Does it exist? And I tell you now, he turned up in the courtyard with the pillars and I just sat there and I thought, oh, my goodness, I, I recognise all of this. And I got out and I was shaking. I, I was so emotional. And I walked in and there was a bust of Julianus in the church. Oh my and goodness. I found out that in 1452, the house of Mary, Mary Magdalena house nuns for the first time in this monastery behind the church and that before they went into the monastery they were they were left in a cave for five weeks to find themselves before they went into the monastery couldn't believe it then I went to the Vatican and found the guide said it doesn't exist it's not here I said yes it is Pope V is here and I and I just I don't know if you've ever been to the Vatican. Tens of thousands of people everywhere, obviously pre-COVID. Okay. And I, I I got an angry with this guide. I felt really embarrassed because I thought, oh my God, why am I getting so emotional? And I said, Oh, don't worry. He goes, It's not here, madam. It's not here. I said, Don't worry. I'll find him. So I marched all these thousands of people, find this tiny little doorway like a cement block doorway, walk in, second crypt on the right. I am laid over this crypt, crying my eyes out. 
Mm. Nuns came over and went, are you okay? Come and sit down, madam. I was so overwhelmed. And when I, like, you know, got myself sorted, I stood up and it was Pope the V's or Pope Nicholas V's crypt. And he presided over the Diocese of Trastevere during 1452. Couldn't believe it. Cannot make this up. Of course, you cannot make it up. And that's one of my, I say it and everything, couldn't make it up. And I literally, I remember when I did a show with um, some people, I don't know if you've ever seen Most Haunted over there. It was kind of like the biggest commercial thing that opened up paranormal investigation over here uh, many moons ago. And I was speaking with one of the parapsychologists there, you know, very sceptical. And I said, how do you explain that? And he goes, oh, you fell asleep in front of a history show. So I fell in front. I said, I've known this man, Juliana, since I was a child. So how, what have I, falling in front of, you know, the telly for the whole of my life with the same history channel? And this is the thing with sceptics, isn't it, darling, is that they never give you a proper answer when you're, you're trying to say, look, this is incredible. I went to find my roots from a previous life and knew exactly where I was. How do you explain that? Right. Well, it was so Einstein. I know. It was Einstein who said, you know, you can look at life in, in, in one of two ways, as though everything is a miracle or nothing is a miracle. Absolutely right. right. But I know what I would choose. Exactly. I know what I would choose all day long. And just the difference is it's not a choice. It's a fact that time and time and time again, it is thrown at me, literally thrown my life. And now I have nothing but abundance. I think, God, oh, I need to do that next. And it happens, you know. And it's not out of greed. For greater good, I, I say, right, well, I really need this to happen So I want to reach people. And then I'll go, yeah, ding. And it's like having a fairy godmother with you. Because everything, I say, can you help me with this? You go, yeah, there you go. And it's all there. You know, even silly things like, oh, my boiler blew up. And then, and then my friend turned up and said, oh, I've got a plumber around my house at the moment. Can you come around here later? Yeah, sure. You know, just silly things like that as well. It just is so easy living in this space of abundance and always having that hope and, well, knowledge that you're always going to be looked after. And that is what I'm desperately trying to do with me, myself and I, or me, myself and I, Dove Psych. It's try and say to people, open, surrender, and just see what they can do, you know, and then you tell me, if anything happened or not. And if people say nothing happened, then I don't believe it. Yeah, that's on them. They just have not, we have to have that believing. You know, it says in the Bible, asking you shall receive. But what people fail to um, remember is that the whole phrase is asking and the believing you shall receive. Yes, absolutely right. Absolutely right. You couldn't, have, you couldn't have even thought of a better part of the Bible to quote because that is all about attracting abundance, isn't it? And we use these commercial words of cosmic ordering. And I hate, I hate calling it that, but it's just, you, it, you know, it's down to also the one thing they taught me as well, self-love and that you believe you deserve it. And because from my traumatic years, I've been, you know, through the beatings and everything, you kind of show me you're nothing, you're nobody. So I didn't expect anything from anybody. And I never felt that I deserved anything at all good for me. And so if I was anything good, I would then, I would literally combust it because I couldn't handle being in a normality where things were happening well for me because I felt I didn't deserve it. So subconsciously, I would just completely smash it to pieces that's how damaged I really was. Um, and it doesn't mean that, you know, during my time prior to the accident, I was this nasty, mean medium. What it meant was is that I was not doing the proper healing for my own self. 
And I've adopted self-love now where, uh, you know, this is the thing where going back to the YouTube videos, I can sit there and know that hundreds of people are watching me and I really don't care because I love myself enough to know that I've got a condition, I own it. And if you don't like it, go and look, look at the elephant on a cycle. <laughs> you know, it's self-love, self-worth on top of the surrender and the hope and healing that comes with it, that's what I radiate at the moment. It's just, I just wish I could give it to so many people because I get it, I get it in the darkness where you, where, you know, the thing I used to absolutely hate when I was ill is I'd, I'd look on YouTube for help from somebody and they'd be, oh, I've, I've, I've got better, you know, I've got the mysterious or the miraculous um, antidote for CFS. And like, you just think, really, shut up. Do you know what I mean? Keep it real. <laughs> so I used to resent those people. And you do, you resent people. I used to hate Facebook, seeing people on holiday with their husbands and stuff, and I was there on my own. I used to hate all that. And hate is a strong word. I don't really adopt hate now um, at all in my vocabulary. But now, you know, one of the most important things I've put at the end of the book is this isn't a how to get well. This isn't a I've got the answer to everything. It is a have a look and see if you can incorporate a higher power into your life that can then help you live an abundant life, thrive rather than survive. And that's the message I hope to get across because, my goodness, some people are in such darkness and my heart goes out to them. My heart really does go out to them. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. There's such a beautiful message of hope, faith, and healing. Uh, and I wish you could bottle that up and so do I. It'd be so much easier. Often, it would be so much easier, but that's okay. This is what you came here to do, isn't it? And so I'm Absolutely looking at your right. website now. Your website is nikkiallen.co.uk because if nobody can tell, you're from the UK. <laughs> I, I don't know how. <laughs> I love, love, love your accent. And I'll tell you what I'll do. If I put that up there... That can show you how you spell my name because I write in, my, in the memory of my dad, Alan. Oh. So that's how you spell my name, Nikki Allen, because that's, some people like do A-double-L-E-N. That's, and that's in memory of my dad, Alan. That's who I write for and work for in his memory and his energy. Oh, I so, love yeah. Beautiful. No, bless him. UK. That's beautiful. And then um, your YouTube channel. What is your YouTube channel, darling? That's Nikki, oh, YouTube is um, Nikki Allen, or you can type in the bedroom guru. Either way, you'll come up with me sitting in my bed looking amazing and glamorous. Absolutely not. <laughs> you know what you make me think of, of is uh, Yoko Ono and John Lennon doing their bed ends. Yeah, exactly. I'm not as cool as them. I certainly haven't got a joint going on while I do it. But... <laughs> Because that's the other thing. Alcohol, smoking, bad foods, all done. In angel realms, no, get out of your body. I'm like, okay. Not that I did drugs. Oh, my goodness. I was a police officer. But you know what I mean. Um, but, yes, yeah, so YouTube is Nikki Allen or um, uh, The Bedroom Guru. Again, just put Nikki Allen for Facebook because I'm on there as well. And all the normals, Instagram and Twitter. Um, but I'd love you to get me on YouTube because that's I find it a really intimate connection there because it's not as many people as Facebook, so I can have really good chats with people. And also what I love is people um, ask me, could you cover this subject? Could you cover that? Can you, can you answer it? So I can answer people's questions in videos because I found I was doing about four or five hours of emails replying, but now I can go, here's a video, Dunk. 
So it's also helpful in that way to, you know, to help people through the videos. And that's what that's all about, spiritual education videos. And sometimes you may find me like this, doing the odd card reading as well, doing a tarot or an angel card reading. <laughs> well, I feel up for it, but it's not very often. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is, it is delightful connecting with you today. I've been so looking forward to this. Um, oh, darling. I the book, Annie, Myself and I, Diary of a Psychic with Nikki Allen, A-L-A-N. <laughs> <laughs> Bless you are. You're so lovely. Thank you. Thank you so much. Radiate Wellness is a community of holistic and alternative healers and consultants based in the Kansas City area dedicated to helping you create spiritual, energetic, and physical well-being. To learn more about our practitioners, services, classes, and events, or to schedule an appointment, visit us at radiatewellnesscommunity.com. Victoria Moran. Since we launched the Main Street Vegan podcast back in 2012, lots more people have discovered the way that moving in a vegan direction can infuse our lives with vitality, spirituality, and compassion. My guests are experts on every aspect of making this work in your real life and our real world. Join us for Main Street Vegan here on mindbodyspirit.fm.